cabeza y empezamos como es. Mi música no discrimina a nadie, así que vamos a romper tu se mueve. Y el ritmo como no tiene, a como si ya te entiende. El mundo nos quiere, nos quiere, me queda con toda mi vida. Se mueve. Y el ritmo como no tiene, a como si ya te entiende. What is up, everybody? This is Gratitude Unfiltered. I am your host, Joshua T. Berglund, and it is so good to see you on this Monday night. We are live across multiple platforms and just want to give a big shout out right now uh, to the podcast and radio audience who can't see us, but you can join the conversation over Gratitude Unfiltered. <laughs> Hold on at facebook.com slash gratitude unfiltered. Uh, come join the conversation, come hang out with us. This is a very interactive show. You guys are part of the show. I don't just do this alone and neither does my guests. You guys are welcome to ask questions. Uh, we love your comments, we love your participation. Um, and it's always good to see you. What's up, Jessica, good to see you. It's always, uh, hold on, there you go, all right. What is going on? I have so many things happening around the house right now that <laughs> I'm getting distracted. I thought I actually heard voices just now. Anyway, I'm so happy to be to have you guys here today. Um, I'm really excited about our guest. What's up, Jeanette? I hope you're feeling well. It's good to see you. And um, listen, I love being around world changers. I love hearing people's stories that I don't believe, and I think I've probably talked about this before, I don't believe that people wake up one day and go, I'm gonna change the world. Like, I just, I, for some reason, I don't, I don't believe that. And typically, what I, what I think, or what I like to think, and at least with my circle of friends and other people that I reach out to to be on the show, like, I think that most people that wanna change the world have had their world taken from them for a period of time. And they've had a fight and claw and, and scratch and kick and bleed and cry and every, uh, all the above to be able to get their world back and, and, and then discovering who they are. And then they realize, you know what? No one is going to go through this. No one's going to go through what I have experienced. And then they set out to change the world. Like I'm so not only drawn to those people, but I'm inspired by them. I look to them when I'm seeking counsel. I, it's with people that I know that have been there, that have done that, that have gone through it. And I don't know about you guys, but like that's, that's man, those are the people that I want to support more than anything, especially the people that are still stuck in this place of despair and, 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 and maybe they feel like they're broken. And I notice you're not broken, but sometimes we feel like we are. And so I just, I love being around other people that have a heart for that. I mean, in the end, that's what it comes down to. Um, and so I, our next guest is somebody that is just truly inspiring and the work that she's doing in the trenches around the world as is something that I think that you guys are gonna be inspired by. So you guys, what's up, Nick Harris, Trish? Hey, Nick, I will respond to your Marco Polo as soon as this is over. Casey, good to see you. And Casey, good to see you, absolutely. So, all right, I'm gonna read you a little bit about our next guest and we're gonna get right into it. Passionate about public service and with over a decade of leadership experience in international human rights, humanitarian relief, children's rights, 
Mana considers herself blessed and grateful for the opportunity to serve socially disadvantaged families and children across the globe. As the CEO of the Gift Global Initiative, a nonprofit organization that works with children who are victims of sex trafficking, physical and emotional abuse, and psychosocial distress, sexual harm, exploitation, and neglect. She believes that a strengthening of that family unit allows the children to have a healthy start in life. The opportunity to learn and protection from harm. Under her leadership in 2018, Gift served more than 2,200 children from low-income neighborhoods. She considers, she considers it her honor to be able to serve children, share their stories, and raise awareness about preventative measures to stop abuse of children, men and women. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Mana to the show. What's up, Mana? How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's great to see you. Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered. I am jet lagged. <laughs> yeah, I just landed from Florida. <laughs> Where, oh, you're back in. You're, so you're back in California now. I am back in California. Ah, well, welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered and California. <laughs> so, Mana, tell us, what are you grateful for today? Just life, life, life in Los Angeles. <laughs> what about Los Angeles are you grateful for? You know, I, you were just talking about me. I spent a lot of time in slums and um, these areas have no running water, no sanitation. They don't have, um, they don't have Starbucks. <laughs> They don't have anything that we have in Los Angeles, and they're only 10 minutes away from the border. Can you believe that? They're 10 minutes away from U.S.-Mexico border. So I think I'm, you know, when I come back, this is everything around me I'm grateful for. No, that makes perfect sense. So typically when people say everything or life, it's just because they don't really want to go there. But... For you, it makes perfect sense. I, I tell it. I really quick. You recently, you were posting about this child that you were working with. Can you tell a little bit about that child's story? Um, which one? I'm I'm working with. Um, them. there was, <laughs> there were some serious health issues. You were working with an in particular uh, child. yes. So we have a um, we have a four year old baby. Her name is Yamila, and she lives ten minutes from the U.S. Mexico border. Um, mom is a prostitute and left her when she was a baby because she has brain cancer. And her grandma is raising her as a primary caregiver for this child. Oh my gosh. So we, um, we have a medical fund that pays for medical expenses of kids from low income neighborhoods. And she's one of the, she's like my child. Um, we pay for her expenses and, um, and not just medical expenses, it includes everything. It's diet. I mean, she lives um, in a cardboard box. They call the slum cartelania because everything is made out of cardboard. Um, dirt floor. And she goes back, she uh, gets a chemotherapy, goes back home and doesn't have a bed. Um, no good diet. A lot of sugar in the diet. Uh, the grandma depends on the local church to provide them with food, you know. So we do as much as we could for her, but she is, um, the good news is she's in remission. So she's doing fine now. She's doing fine. Where is she getting medical treatment at? In the US? Uh, or? 
no, no, she can uh, she can come to the U.S. But we were able to get her treatment uh, in Mexico in Tijuana. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was wondering. That's, just, that's just one child. There are four hundred families who have three to four kids per family. Every child has some kind of medical issue because the mom or the dad do drugs when they're pregnant. So the kids are born with uh, either cancer or some kind of birth defect. Yeah. Okay. So I want to back up a little bit because you, your organization, GIFT, is taking on some, I mean, really personal causes. And it's, it's, like I, I'm inspired by people to do this work because it's a bigger problem than people want to realize. But without getting into some political rant right now, like what got you into this? Like where did your heart for serving these populations come? Um, I had a very, very personal experience with sex trafficking. Um, many years ago. I think 10, 12 years ago, I was able to go on a rescue mission uh, to, the whole idea was we go into this location which was holding sex trafficking victims and we rescue them. I used to do fundraising for nonprofits who work with sex trafficking victims. And uh, so I step in and thinking that we, we will see uh, women who are 18, 17, 16, even 15. Um, the first sex trafficking victim I saw was a five-year-old boy. And he was tied to the top of a table. And I can go into details, but um, these kids are kept uh, in these locations for seven to eight years of their life. They're sexually exploited seven to eight times a day. It's talking about a five-year-old child. Um, when I saw that, I was already raising funds for, for incredible organizations to do a lot of good work with the victims. But I realized that there's nothing on the prevention side. Like, I don't understand why they have to go through this. Um, so GIF does that. We, we work on prevention. We, we do not work uh, with victims because there are many, many really good organizations doing that work. Uh, most of our work is based on strengthening the family unit because a lot of times these, these parents are um, they're desperate and they sell the kid, you know. So we try to bring um, educational resources, medical resources, jobs, running water, everything that we can do to make the family feel safe and the mom and dad don't have to sell the child. So... What is the other element that you've experienced? Because again, you're working in the trenches and where, like, I, I think I know the answer, but I would like for you to answer it. <laughs> where, where do you think that these, the, the victims that are trafficked, where do you think that they're coming from? Like outside of parents selling them, what are some of the other things that happen that maybe parents that are listening right now that can, that they can be aware or maybe just some people need to know like how dark this world really is. Well, United States is one of the largest consumer 
of children who are sex trafficked. Um, the sex trafficking victims or labor trafficking, it's all interconnected. So there is labor trafficking, but that leads to sex trafficking. You know? uh, I was just speaking with someone the other day, uh, a gentleman who was on the advisory commission um, to advise the president of the United States. He is a, a labor trafficking victim. He was labor trafficked from India a couple years ago, uh, a, a man. And in the process of being labor trafficked, his wife got sex trafficked. Um, so it's obviously it's not an isolated problem. It's um, but United States is the largest consumer. Inside the United States, we have trafficking that goes on uh, across state lines. Uh, kids and women are trafficked across the state lines because it's easier for the cartels of people who used to deal in drugs to deal in uh, traffic women and kids because it makes them more money and it has a, a better life cycle than dealing in drugs. You know, you can sell drugs once, but you can sell a woman um, for seven to eight years. And a child longer. You know, if you start at 11 and 12, that's the age where uh, kids are trafficked in, in the U.S. That's the age, 11, 12 years old. Uh, that goes a long way for them. So after a kid is maybe they're kidnapped or they're so, you know they're they're purchased, how does like what at that point is there anything a kid can do to escape? Is there any is there any is there any way out for them? Yeah, um, we U.S. has the country has a sex trafficking task force. Every state has a task force, every city. Los Angeles has a human trafficking task force. Uh, what we do need is to really publicize a number. You know, if you have a phone, reach out, call that number, call 911. Um, because we do have resources for these kids, for these women and men, obviously. Uh, but I don't think there is enough, um, people don't speak about those numbers. And where do you go? Who should I reach? Who should I call? You know, and a lot of times it's also brainwashing. So the kids don't realize what they're up to. I'll, I'll share a, a really um, recent story, something that happened with me. Uh, just two weeks ago, one of those apps let go and offer up and where people buy and sell. Right. Just so that you know, these um, the sex traffickers are extremely sophisticated. So they move on to these apps real quick. And I was on, I had posted a chair on OfferUp and I started talking to this um, you know, little girl. She was probably 12 or 13 years old. I could tell that because of the way she was talking to me. She really, really wanted that chair. And she kept going between me and her mom and she was trying to negotiate the price. And then finally she was like, oh, I can't buy it because my mom doesn't want to pay for it. And I was like, okay, fine. Uh, and then I was like, wait, so she's only 12 and she's on this app trying to buy a chair. So if I'm a trafficker, I, I could be like, hey, it's okay, don't tell your mom, just show up. I'll give you a chair. So we need to be, we need to uh, let parents know that, you know, keep an eye on the phone. Um, <clears throat> Samuel has a question. He says, how, how are they hiding this in plain sight? How do you spot this in your town? Like, so what, yeah, he's a parent. So how, like, how can someone spot that this is happening? Because it's, 
I think that once, say, my the child gets kidnapped and they're gone, and then all of a sudden it becomes a rescue mission. But yeah. if you can see something before it happens and you're aware, you're like, there's patterns to, or there's signs to watch. Like, what kind of things can parents be on the lookout for? Because uh, Rayanne says in Minnesota, trafficking is a huge problem. The Midwest, where Nick is, in the Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I don't know where Samuel is, but I mean, this is happening everywhere. Oklahoma is really bad. Like, how can people, how do we know how to spot that this is going on? Um, well, first of all, I would say that make sure that if your kids have cell phones, keep an eye on them. Mm -hmm. Because kids, through video games, they're interactive video games where they can actually speak with the person who they're playing the game with. Right. To my niece, recently, <clears throat> no. Um, the other thing you can do is make sure they just monitor their online access because a lot of these people are not, you can't see them on the streets. You know, they're not, you know, they might follow you, but it's times are changing. You know, it's all online. There's Facebook marketplace and there's let go and so many like online places where these people are going after kids and it's much easier to get in touch with a child. Right, it's much easier to start talking to someone who's 11 years old. I also I'm really passionate about this. In a, if you Go live ahead. on a, in a state that has that shares a border with any other country, trafficking is going to be a big problem. Like California has a huge trafficking problem. I can tell you that I go to Tijuana every two weeks. Um, a lot of times these kids are not smuggled into the country. They stay in Tijuana. American citizens, residents will um, cross the border on Friday. They'll use a child, come back. Everything goes unnoticed. No one knows. You might be having coffee with this person on Monday morning. I have some of my friends that are former um, traffic victims, trafficking victims that are pretty well outspoken about their experience. And what you say about the five-year-olds is very, very accurate. And some of the people that are purchasing these five-year-olds or renting them, um, sorry, just pisses me off beyond belief. Um, some of them, they'll, 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 they'll tell you that it's politicians, it's pro athletes, it's the elite that are purchasing these kids and using them. Is that your experience as well? Yeah, it's a very powerful industry. And the reason um, it is powerful because there are very powerful people involved in it. Um, as I said, you know, we don't do a lot of work on the victim side because I feel like, um, so I look at this problem as demand and supply. You know, we need to address the demand. Uh, I don't think there's anything that's been done to punish the customers. We punish the prostitutes. We punish the sex trafficking victims. We punish the person, the trafficker, yeah, but nothing for the customers. I'm just, I'm at a lot, this whole thing is just, it, it, I'm, more, I'm so angry that I can't talk. I was angry before we even started the interview because it just, it enrages me. Like, look, I'm not, like, The grown, like the grown people that are involved in this, and and the people that are involved in spirit cooking, it, it, it is satanic. I think Adrian uh, Ariana said it's truly evil and sinister, and they're robbing 
the innocence of these kids, like my innocence was taken. And, and it affected me in a very, very big way that I'm 39 years old now, and I'm finally on the other side of things. But it took 39 years of my life of purely wrecking other people's lives, not 39 years total, but I mean, like, like the damage that it caused was so hard to overcome. And eventually I did, and I have this amazing, like I'm so blessed to have the opportunity to use it for something good now. But a lot of people don't get that opportunity. And my situation was not as bad as these kids that you're talking about. Like yeah. what can they do to recover? You've been through it. Um, you know, once I'm, I was abused as a child and I can tell you that you can um, heal from it but you never forget and it really affects your entire life and you know i often get into these debates about um prostitution and how an 18 year old should be able to say that okay i want to be a prostitute mm -hmm. Fine. um i have nothing against people who want to do it you know that's their choice right but i also know that a lot of these people start very young they start at 10 years old or five. And by the time they're 18, they don't think, they don't know anything different. Like a child at five who's been raped for 15 years, has been prostituted over and over again at 18 thinks that they're supposed to be a prostitute. So you can't tell me that it's okay for this child because it's his choice. No, I, and I, and I, and I, I do need to back up and say something because I, I it, I would not be doing the right thing if I don't. When I said that I'm on the other side of what had happened to me and because I'm now using it in a way to try to help people, the innocent part of my brain is not coming back. <laughs> it's not coming back. Like I've just had to accept certain things about myself so that I can love myself and that I can trust myself. But there's things that I had to it's accept. Much, me it's that much I harder not. for men. It's much harder for men. Because um, in many cultures, men are not supposed to cry or speak out about these experiences. The, the gentleman I spoke with last week uh, had a family, but he was trafficked and for 10 years went through depression because he couldn't speak out about it. He couldn't tell his experience because he was, I mean, he didn't have, like, we know that there are women sex trafficking victims. We know that children who are sex trafficking victims, but there's a large number of men who are labor trafficked and they go through horrific experience dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I don't want to compare my, I wasn't trafficked. You know, I have a heart for that population I know how hard it was for me to get on the other side where I could just, you know, function normally, I guess is the right thing to say. And, you know, Ariana, Darian, I don't know how many names you have, but look, I can't, my eyes can't unsee, my body doesn't, I mean, I know that there's a lot of deep work and I've done all that work, but my brain is not going to like, again, I can know not to give in to triggers, but those things are still there. Like, I don't think you come from it. And there's multiple people on here right now talking about you don't get over the abuse fully. Now, 
And, and, you know, one of the things that in my experience helped is to use your experience like you are to give back and help other victims. You know, mm -hmm. it's not going to stop. So you'll always have victims. And it's very important that it doesn't matter what kind of experience, you don't have to be a sex trafficking victim. You know, you, you could be sexually abused or uh, violence. A lot of kids that we work with are not trafficking victims. They are just high risk. They live in environments which, um, you know, if we don't do anything about it, they will become victims. So, which is what GIFT does, prevention. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you have been through an experience which has been, which has changed your life, use it. That's the only way to heal. Use it. Yeah, I love that. Use it right. If you can't speak right. That's, I mean, that that's with anything though. That's not just if you're abused. That's with anything. I mean, we are, if we use the things that hurt us and we talk about it, we use how we're, how we're dealing with it, how we're working to overcome it, how we overcame it. Sharing those experiences are ultimately what give us some freedom. Um, I, I, I'd love to know too, like, where did you, like, where did your heart for like abuse victims in particular, because working in that environment, it's heart wrenching. Like, cause you can walk, you can be face to face with someone that has been that has been sexually abused and like you can feel something different about them. And it takes a special type of understanding to be able to 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 know how to be present for someone like that. Like what led you into this world? Um, you know, I, I think there's a difference between empathy and compassion. Um, when you are in this work and you are very empathetic to people suffering, you take it on yourself. Mm -hmm. You often find yourself crying and not be able to do anything about it. Yeah. Compassion allows you to notice it and act on it. And I feel like after so many years of doing, it's not that I don't get emotional. Like, you know, I, some, there are times when I would, I would cry. If, when I see that, but I think it's less and less because if I cry, then I'm not acting. I'm allowing it to affect me. Yeah. That's not the point of doing this. I'm not doing it so that I can cry every day. <laughs> uh, I'm doing it so these kids can smile. Um, so I think they, they give me uh, the strength, which is why I say to people that act on it, give back. If you're into dogs, Make sure that you go work for a dog rescue or volunteer time because it really heals you when you give love back. I like that. When I step out of my car um, in any of these slums, you'll see all these kids will run to you and they'll hug you. That's, that's all it that takes to keep doing it. I like that a lot. Um, what would you say the biggest thing that you've learned throughout your experiences and your travels around the world and you know, in working with GIFT and the work that you guys do, what would you say probably the biggest takeaway from your experience so far has been? Love is so powerful. I'm telling you, I, I mean, there's, if there's anything that can change and heal, it's love. Awesome. And the work we do is kind of selfish <laughs> because it gives me a lot of love. I, I receive a lot of love from these kids, and, um, which is very healing. Yeah. It's a very selfish. <laughs> you know what? And I, that's, I, I, I like that you said that because it, 
it almost sometimes feels special, like, or no, it feels selfish because, you know, it's like you feel so amazing just spending time and, you know, just being there for somebody or to, like, if something that you say inspires them or whatever, like, I mean, it feels good when you get that feedback, especially when it's, you're in the trenches, you're sitting with somebody, you're visiting with them, whatever, how, whatever that experience looks like, and you just get to experience this love because of something that you gave, like you were releasing something and it helped. It almost feels selfish in nature that it feels so good to do. And that's why like I push so hard for people to like release those secrets release the things that are hurting you because ultimately it does bring you joy. And typically by doing that, you're blessing someone else's life. It feels kind of it's I mean, you 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 really I, I I don't know how many people believe in life source. You know, we are all made of energies, and sure. when you are um, affected, if you have been through a trauma, it kind of blocks that piece of your body, whether it's your heart or your brain. Um, and the life source, the energy doesn't run through it. So when you heal, when you release, the energy starts flowing all over your body, mm-hmm. and that's you know which is why I tell people that you got to release. Like you, if you don't like to talk about it, don't write, share, tell people about it. Because there has to be a reason why these kids or we all go through certain experiences in our life. You know, it's not to just keep them to ourselves. Yeah. I believe that. I think that every experience that makes you stronger needs to be shared with other people. It's beautifully said. So you spend so much of your time and your energy and your and your resources on serving the world. I mean, you are in service to humanity. How do you, by giving so much of yourself, how do you how do you replenish? Um, I think it's it's really what work I do. Um, the nature of the work I do is um, healing in itself. You know, it's not stressful. I don't get stressed out because there's no running water. <laughs> um, I just feel really grateful. And I, I swear to God, like I feel like I'm always in a state of gratitude because I live in Los Angeles. Like I have a blessed life. I have nothing to complain about. Um, so the gratitude that you feel kind of helps you recycle everything. You know, um, when I go to the slum, uh, and I see the kids. I have never seen a child cry, like complain about anything. They're very happy. Uh, when we bring toys, so we attach everything we do with the kids with an educational program. So if you're giving them toothbrush and paste, we teach them how to use it. Because we notice that once we gave someone to- toothbrush and paste, and the child said eating the paste because they don't have food. So we had to teach them that it's for your teeth. You know, we took a dentist down there, gave them toothbrush and paste, taught them how to brush. Um, It's not just Mexico. We also do that here in the U.S. Last year, we did 600 kids in Hollywood uh, from low-income families. Uh, We gave them educational supplies, backpacks, free haircuts, dental exams, uh, self-defense classes. So that kind of helps you recycle everything. I love to Samuel said, uh, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, spiritual food. You're doing God's work, Mana. Your name even says it, a gift above to satisfy the hunger, spiritual food. That is amazing. Well said, Samuel. Um, mm-hmm. People, 
are truly, truly inspired by what you're doing here. Um, what is the biggest need that Gift has? Time. Um, I tell people every time I speak that we welcome money. Obviously, every nonprofit needs money. We are a volunteer organization, by the way. So um, when you donate $1 to Gift, 100% of that goes into the programs. The way we run Gift is through funding government and private funding. So all the administrative expenses are taken care of by those funds. But private donors, so if, when you gave me $100 last week, the $100 went to buying uh, program supplies. Um, we don't have any, we don't pay salaries. Everyone is a volunteer. So I tell people that you can donate money and we are very grateful for that. But the best thing you can give gift is your time. So if you have a certain skill set, if you're a dentist, free dental exams, <laughs> or you can give us toothbrush and paste. Um, if you are a hairstylist, haircuts, free haircuts, shampoos, the kids have uh, lice in their hair. So you can give that. You know, self-defense. If you're a self-defense instructor, do a self-defense class with them. Because once these people invest their time, they keep coming back. That's how powerful giving your time. What what about like therapists? You know, people that specialize in trauma therapy are they are they welcome as yeah, well? Yeah. Absolutely. So we are doing this amazing, amazing. I'm so proud of this program. It's a free mental health program. So we created an app called Mind Dive. Mind Dive. Yeah, Mind Dive. Mind Dive. <laughs> Um, it's free on Androids and iPhones, okay. and the app has it's it's um, based on moods. So if you're feeling sad, what do you do? If you're feeling happy, what do you do? It has a combination of meditation, yoga, um, very inspiring documentaries. You'll you'll hear a person who was at the Auschwitz concentration camp. He's 95. He still lives in LA. His story. So there are many inspiring documentaries on the app. Um, it also combines science to explain how meditation helps you. And the app was uh, launched in partnership with Michelle Pascal. Michelle has, he's just amazing. He has spent several years in a monastery in Nepal. And this app was his baby. He wanted to do something free for people who can't pay for mental health. So you just download the app and, you know, you get free mental health if you can't afford to pay for it. And then what we do is we do music therapy, meaning Michelle sings. So he's a monk, but he sings. And he has the most divine voice. So we use that for as healing because in a lot of countries, they don't really understand mental health. They don't understand meditation. So music is universal. Like everyone loves music. So yeah. we take Michelle to all these different nonprofits or sometimes to the slum. And then he'll sing and singing is healing for the kids. And let me tell you, we did this um, event in uh, a few weeks ago. We had a group of 100 kids, special needs. There were kids who had AIDS, um, cancer, and then kids from the slum with major addiction issues. And Michelle was singing to them. So we noticed that some of the kids who had AIDS jumped up on the stage and started dancing. And now remember, these kids have very low self-esteem. They're bullied at school. So for them to like jump up on the stage and start dancing is amazing. 
Um, the baby who has brain cancer cannot sleep. She slept through the whole concert. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we are doing that uh, with all kinds, not just kids. We're also doing it for anyone who can't pay for mental health. Gift is providing them with free mental health. So for the radio audience, give, give the website really quick for Gift. It's Gift, G-I-F-T, Global Initiative, dot O-R-G. I, there's people that are saying, I want to help Jessica. I mean, Jessica's in New Hampshire. I think she's eventually going to be living in LA. Um, I know that she wants to get involved. And again, you now volunteers, if people want to give their time, do they need to be in LA or can they be anywhere in the world? It could be anywhere in the world. So if you are on Facebook, if you're a Facebook friend, just reach out to me. Uh, my Facebook is open and, you know, I'll give them more instructions. Um, most volunteers Facebook is on the screen, by the way. Yeah, most um, volunteers go through a background check because we work with kids. So we want to make sure that they have a clean background. <laughs> of course. So an online background check that volunteers complete takes five minutes. And then you are connected with the volunteer um, you know, event. We are doing a self-defense for everyone who is in Los Angeles. Uh, we are doing this amazing self-defense class on Mother's Day for moms and kids. It's free and it's done in partnership with UNICEF. That's awesome. When are you yeah. doing this again? Uh, Mother's Day. It's on May. I think it's 11th or 12th of May. Yeah. Okay. I, I need to put that in my calendar because I didn't know. Yeah, I'll send you more information sure. once we have. No, I didn't know what Mother's Day was. I was embarrassed. And my mom... <laughs> My mother is my favorite person on the planet, so I. It's pretty well, sad. I don't know. I don't know Mother's Day either. <laughs> Every day is Mother's Day for me. <laughs> I. You can hide under that, Mom. Every day is Mother's Day for me. I don't care about Mother's Day. <laughs> I like. I'm going to steal that. Every day is Mother's Day. Um, so, what other like what other causes would you say that you're passionate about outside of the human trafficking? Um, and obviously, there's me mental health is very hand in hand with um, uh, mental health issues um, or with human trafficking, but what other causes would you say that GIFT is probably the most passionate about serving? Um, so we have this, um, there are many programs that we run, but one of my favorite ones is Student Pruner. It's um, where we bring students who are in school um, bring them in touch with business owners at a very early age. So let's say, let, let me give you an example of Tijuana, for instance. We work with World Trade Center in Tijuana, and it's a great community of uh, very successful business owners. So often we take these people to the slum, or we bring the kids from the slum to World Trade Center. So they, they get to interact with people who are very successful, very inspiring. Some of them have started right in the slum, you know. Um, so we do that. That also leads to uh, job creation, you know. So global economic development is what we believe in because, you know, if, if these countries are strong enough to um, do good for their people, they don't have to go. The parents will not have to sell their kids. They won't feel desperate to come to the U.S. That's right. So we do a lot of um, global economic development, meaning we bring jobs. 
we bring the kids. Um, there's a 10-year-old who is in school right now. We, we pay for our school um, tuition. And she wants to become a doctor. She lives in the slum. So we got her a um, volunteer. Um, you know, she, she's a volunteer with the Children's Hospital in Tijuana. We were able to do that because I think it's very important for her to see what, a doc, what becoming a doctor means, you know? Right. We do that as well. That's awesome. It's all so, really right, awesome. Right. I'm sorry, say again? I said it's really, everything is um, focused on prevention. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense. I, okay. I, I really appreciate that. Let me ask you something. So as far as prevention is concerned, what is your feeling about the border wall? I mean, do you think because of the human trafficking problem that you're very well aware of, does that help fight against it? I mean, there's a wall already, you know? Um, there's a wall that exists. But, I mean, I don't have any, you know, political views on it. I just feel that um, trafficking is, is, has changed. Like, these kids are no longer trafficked into the, maybe they are, some of them are, but a lot of times it's Americans who go across the border to use the kids. Okay. If you really want to make a change to that, we need to change the way we define prostitution and trafficking. It's, it can be the same. Trafficking and prostitution is not the same. Trafficking victim and a prostitute is not the same. Yeah. But we define them the same way. Where does that change happen? Is it in the work you're doing or what is that? Uh, it has to be through policy. It has to be introducing bills, passing bills. It has to be, it can happen I mean, it starts at grassroots level, you know. I studied human rights law, but I don't practice it because I think it's a very silly, like, law. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't punish the customers. We go after the prostitutes. I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah. Um, so I don't see a point in practicing something that's silly. Well, I mean, look, my answer to that question is it's because I really believe that our governments across the world are allowing this to happen. Yeah. I think that they're just as in, like, they're just, and people that want to dismiss Pizzagate, you're out of your mind. You just need to look at the freaking research. But I, it, 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 like, this is a government issue. They're involved in this process. Like, it's got, it has to be, because how else would it be going on? If the you know, government- I the last time, the last time I checked, and I, I may be wrong. I need to go back and see. But um, we, in the United States, there were two, two hundred and eighty-seven bills which were introduced on the floor of Congress uh, for sex trafficking. In all these years that we are in existence, only twenty-seven have been passed. So I don't understand. I don't understand that. You know, I don't. I, it goes back to you saying that governments are involved in it. And yeah, very it's a very powerful industry. Yeah. Mona, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so blessed that you came on the show and you, you put a spotlight on um, the human trafficking issue uh, and the work that you're doing at GIFT. I, again, she, she's looking at guys, everyone that's listening right now on the online radio podcast and then all over the different platforms, her biggest need is time, meaning she needs you guys to volunteer and step up. Um, her website is on the screen. It's giftglobalinitiative.org. 
Um, you guys, if you obviously your money donations are definitely appreciated, um, but also your your time resource is something that would I think be a tremendous blessing for Mana and the gift organization. Um, you as well. Say again. We do in-kind donations as well. So if you are not able to give money or your time, but you have things like clothes, shoes, books, wow. um, you can donate those as well. That's awesome. Mana, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, God bless you and uh, look forward to keeping up with, with the work you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate this time. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Thank you everyone who's listening. Thank you. Thank you, Mana. Wow, that was uh, that was something. I was so angry at the beginning of the interview, not at her, obviously, but I was angry because I'm sitting here reading her bio and I'm thinking about the stories that I've heard just in the last week from people that have been trafficked or people that have been sexually abused, and it just enrages me. And again, like I, I feel like. Like I know how much it's affected me and all of that, but I'm not angry for myself. I'm angry because it just seems like, like all the organizations that are out there, it, it, like it, it's just, it's not putting a dent in it. It's still an issue. And Jason Cisneros is going to be on tomorrow. I'm actually doing two shows, one at five and one at six. Jason's going to be on, like he's gone and freed human trafficking victims. And like when you hear these stories about the stuff going on, it's just enraging because it's the people that are in charge, the leaders of these countries that are allowing this to happen. And if you don't believe me, I don't know what to tell you, but you got your head in the sand. It's a problem. It is a problem and just for fun. And you can say it's not real all you want, but look up Pizzagate. And like, and, and with the, some of the ones that actually will show you the documents from WikiLeaks and show you the emails and show you all of that stuff. And WikiLeaks has never been proven wrong ever, ever, ever. So all of you Trump conspiracy or Clinton conspiracy people, just know that WikiLeaks has never been disproved ever. And then go read Pizzagate stuff and then start connecting your dots all you want. And you can get in that wormhole and you're not gonna get out for a while because it goes on and on and on and on. And this is a massive, massive problem. And what she's talking about is, you know, the prevention. And I gotta tell you, parents, it, it can happen to your kids. It can happen to your kids. It can happen to, to your neighbor. It can happen to someone you, someone you know. We just have to be aware and we have to really pay attention to what's going on with our kids and look at the apps that they're using. And, and like, there's so many different precautions. Like I don't know all of the, the different things out there to keep them safe, but being aware is a big thing. You know, I mean, it's, I can't, it's just so disturbing because I keep, I always go back. I mean, look, it's hard not to personalize things, but I, when I think about, you know, little boys and little girls that are sold and that they're sexually abused. I think on the, the, the level that I was and how it affected me, it, I'm not in that, I wasn't in that situation. I wasn't in that situation. So I, I don't know 
like how to compare it and I'm not going to, but I just know the lives that I affected in a negative way because I didn't get help. I didn't know to get help. I didn't know what was going on with me. And it just, it just this spiral of, of pain that I caused. And I'm just thinking about all those kids and what they're going to have to deal with. Cause some of them, when they get taken, they don't ever come back. They're not given the resources. They don't have the opportunities. Maybe they don't live in America. And this is a global problem. So yeah, preventative seems like an amazing solution. This is a problem I want to really stop. Like I just want so bad for this to end. And, and, I, and, 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 and a, a big part, I think that you guys, a way that you can contribute is by creating the habit now of standing in truth and speaking your truth and sharing those those secrets that you're keeping about people hurting you or you hurting yourself, release it. Because I think the more people that start releasing all of those traumas and the, those things that are affecting them, those things that have hurt them, I think the more that we start releasing it, and not it doesn't normalize it, but what it does is it creates, well, maybe in a way, it doesn't normalize the pain, but it makes it kind of hip to share your truth. And then that will create a space and the opportunity for people to start healing. And if we can heal there, maybe we can create a ripple effect of healing and eventually it will get to this place where we can start putting a dent in this human trafficking problem. I don't know where that came from, but it just kind of made sense. Like it just makes sense. So you guys, please, let me go back to the website uh, right here giftglobalinitiative.org, your time, money, and resources. Um, she said, in-kind donations work. You guys, please support this organization. I mean, it's you heard it. You, you donate $100, $100 goes towards the people they're helping. It doesn't go to salaries. It doesn't go to fancy parties. It doesn't go to any of that. It goes straight to the people that need help. They need support. They need love. They need resources. So... God bless Mana. I'm so happy that she came on to share this. Um, there's about, I could have kept her on for four hours because they do a lot of amazing work. But you guys, um, you know, if you can support an organization, anything that you have, again, in-kind donations. If you want to volunteer your time, please do so. Or make a donation. Because if you give, even here's the thing. A lot of these organizations that you give $5 to, maybe 50 cents will go to the organization or go to actually helping someone. But if you give $5, $10, $15, $25, $5,000, $10,000, whatever you give, 100% of that goes to helping the, 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 the people that they're, they're serving. And it's a very important cause, if you ask me. All right, guys, God bless you. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you, radio audience, podcast audience, um, streaming network audience. Thank you guys very much for your support. If you guys thought somebody would benefit from this show, please share it uh, or tag a friend. God bless and see you later. Bye.